life. We experience it. We journal about it. We wish for it to speed up. We wish for it to slow down. We even see it laid out before us in our daytimers. Insurance companies want to take the if out of it. Others want to put the zest into it. William Wallace, the central character depicted in the movie Braveheart, touches on the truth when he passionately proclaims, as he seeks to rally his countrymen to fight for their freedom, every man dies, not every man really lives. What does really living life mean? How is it done? In the Christian realm, what are life's rules, do's, and don'ts? Guess what? It is not about rules, principles, do's, and don'ts. Rather, real life, real living, a complete life, an exciting life is rooted in a person. Who? How? Where? Always? For me? Yep. That is an invitation to life with your name on it. In this podcast, we're going to be exploring together what is this life in Exploring the Divine. With the purpose of building up the body of Christ through local discipleship, national partnerships, and international support of indigenous missionary activity, welcome to Hope Builders International. This is Lance Stollander. I'm back here literally at my kitchen table this morning with my friend Jeff Andreessen. Jeff is the founder of a ministry called Expeditions of the Heart, which is really a, a voyage of discovery with men, showing men who they are in God and who God really is. And I put that out to you as a resource. Jeff also works with Gary Barkelow of the Noble Heart, another ministry that works mainly with men. But uh, those two ministries are... Ministry is designed to show you who God really is, what his purposes are, and who we are in that economy. So, I, I think the core message of what we're doing at Expeditions of the Heart is that there, there is so much more. Uh, there's so much more to who God is than you know right now. There's way more to your life than you understand. Uh, and uh, there's, there's more to your wife. There's more going on <laughs> in everything uh, than you presently know. And so it's just a matter of pushing into that. And, you know, we're talking about life uh, this week. And Lance asked a great question at the end of our last podcast. He said, take this question to God. What do you think of me? And, you know, that's actually a pretty scary question, uh, if we're honest with ourselves, because a lot of us might be afraid of what we might hear. And, uh, again, going back to this idea that it's just not us and God walking around here, that there is a battle going on, and the enemy is a liar. And these lies have uh, seeped into uh, pretty close to the vest with us. And so often we can't hear the truth because the lie comes uh, first. And um, so I, I was just at a retreat with Gary Barklow, and we were talking to a group of men down in Georgia. 
And I was going through the why uh, that is in my own life. And as I was saying this, I said, you know, God might be talking to you guys right now about the lie in your life. And one of the guys writes down in his notebook, he writes down, I'm ugly. That that is what he really thought of himself. And, of course, that has a lot of tentacles in his life. And I turned and I... I must have been listening to God because it wasn't in the script. And I turned in his direction and I said, you know, some of you right here might need to hear you're beautiful. And the the profound truth came to him right there in that moment. Uh, he It reached past the lie and it, it hit him in a profound way that he's been really captured under this lie. And, and this... The, this, the idea of these words and, and the ministry of Jesus Christ to heal the brokenhearted and to set the captives free, that this is what we're doing with these words. As, as we open up this, we're wanting to free you uh, from some of those lies into the truth and the reality of who you are and who God is. And <clears throat> so that's a, a great question. If you haven't really done that and you're afraid, go ahead and ask them that. You might really be surprised what you hear of how valuable uh, and how much God actually loves you. And so with Lance, this idea of uh, talking about life, uh, I want to just open up your chapter, first chapter in the book, where it says that the Pharisees came to the Old Testament scriptures thinking that by diligently studying them and following the rules, they would find life. But they they were mistaken. So mistaken that when one... The one with real life came along. They did not recognize him. I want to make a distinction between where real life is found. Uh, You know, Jesus said you go to the scriptures thinking that in them you're going to find life, but you won't come to me. Now, I just want to say that I love the scriptures. Mm. Mm -hmm. Where would I be without the scriptures? These things, these truths that we're talking about, we get from the scriptures. But the problem is, you know, when we're taught to approach the scriptures for knowledge, for example, rather than life, then we can get into you versus me. Uh, I build my tradition, you build your tradition. And there's a deeper place in there where God is, where he wants to take the scriptures, for example, but they make them as the doorway for life. I don't know if uh, you're like me. I had to read the Bible, you know, when I was confirmed as a kid. I... That was one of the most arduous years of my life, trying to read my way through that book. Um, and again, if you look at a, a book about statistics, you'll find out that they list in there maybe 9,000 different Christian denominations. If you look past that to all just the home groups and the independent fellowships and this Bible church, then you get come up with 33,000, something like that. And I just have to believe that there's a a better way Mm -hmm. to live as Christians with one another. And really that that better way is life. So the point there is, as you read the scriptures, as you go to the scriptures, find Christ in there. Mm -hmm. Invite him, Lord, is this leading me to life? So, uh, you know, I I think about the scriptures and, you know, it really hasn't been part of my repertoire to... Pick up the Bible and go, guys, you need to spend more time in here, you know, Mm -hmm. and and so many of our messages from especially the pulpit are designed to get people reading the scriptures more. Uh, I, I honestly have to say that. But I on the other side, I would say, you know, I actually 
need to read them, not only need to, but I actually love to read them. Not so much that I would learn the rules, but I need to learn about this life that's already in me. Right. Uh, that's why I'm going there. You know, th- and if, that's a pretty actually wild life if you look at the life of Jesus. It, it, it's, it, he does not color in between the lines. And the same life's in me wanting to break out. Uh, and so I love the importance of the scripture, and yet I realize that it, 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 I don't stop there. Uh, with just reading it in an intellectual process of God. Yeah. Let's look at a scripture, for example, you know, that that can lead us to life. Um, you know, it was God's idea from the beginning that we get this life. Look at, look at Genesis chapter 1 and 2. What do you have there? You know, in Genesis 1-9, God made all these trees to grow in the garden. What tree was at the center of the garden? The tree of life. Yeah. Well, do we ever stop to think, what kind of life was that? Eternal. Eternal. And it, what else? That's, God's life. That's where we go. We go eternal, and then we start to stop thinking about it. And then we go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we camp there. Yeah. You know, collecting <laughs> knowledge. And that knowledge, whether it's good or bad, leads us down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. But if you step back and you look at that tree of life... You have eternal life in there. You have divine life in there. You have creative life in there. You know, we talked last week mm. about adventure. Mm. You know, what kind of a god makes a makes a lion? Yeah. What kind of you know? What kind of a god makes an elephant in mm. the wild? I remember seeing my first wild elephant wow. yeah. when I was in Africa. Yeah. You know, I watched. I was at this game preserve, and I could see some binoculars, and I saw these black dots on the horizon, and they were moving fast and I didn't know it and I was looking at them through my binoculars and finally they came into view it was a herd of elephants hmm. they were wildly running and, and I thought wow it's spectacular I have seen an elephant now mm. yeah right you know, that babar yeah <laughs> that elephant I saw in the zoo that gumbo <laughs> that was not an elephant now I've seen an elephant mm. what kind of a god makes yeah. A creature like that. Yeah. A God who's wild. A God who's untamed. And so I love this idea that as we're talking about this life, no one wants it, you to experience it more than God himself. You know, Absolutely. that he's not holding back on us, waiting until you get it right. Uh, you know, th- this life, he, he wants you to live it. Okay. So I got a question as you're talking about these trees, Lance. Okay. All right. So let's just say you're a Christian. Yeah. Um, what does a person look like who, even as a Christian, is living mostly from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And what, is it, what does a person look like who's living from the tree of life? Uh, well, that's a great question. Look, look at your own life. I was thinking about this this morning. There's a verse in the, in the Bible that says the, the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. So if you're experiencing life, you can, you know, this is kind of an interesting guideline. You can sort of evaluate, am, am I at peace? Am I in a, in a place of peace in my life regardless of sort of what's coming against me? Do I have a sense of life or do I have a sense of having to keep the rules? Do I have a sense of I got to get up in the morning and think about the Ten Commandments? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can measure your life sort of against the Ten Commandments and that you're going to, how's that, where's that going to take you? And not too far. You're going to uh, feel like a failure. Yeah. Right? yeah. And most Christians, frankly, yeah, I think feel, if you ask them, how are you doing in your Christian life? You yeah. probably think, well, they might say something happy. But mm-hmm. inside, they're thinking, well, I blew that. I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. Mm-hmm. But when you're 
when you're eating from this tree, you know, this tree of life, which, you know, let me just throw in something else here because this relates to your question. Uh, most people, Christians included, often think we have a, a God who, who is do not. Do not, you know, and we think about that tree. We think, do not eat of the tree of knowledge, as if that characterized what went on in the garden there. Mm. You know, and I, I live my life by thinking, okay, do not, do not, and then if I, and then the do's is usually a, set, a list of rules. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. read the Bible, pray, go to church, tithe, be a good husband, be a good father, be a good person. You know, mm-hmm. but, and that's sort of rooted in this having a God who's a do not God. Mm-hmm. But what did God say before he said, now don't eat from that tree? Right. Before that, it was, uh, you know, eat of any tree. I mean, you know, there there was a lot of trees, you know, but there's just one that you couldn't eat from that was forbidden. Yeah. He said to him, eat freely. Th- this is our God. Yeah. Eat freely. Eat freely. This is this is the heart of God. But what are we what should we eat freely? Life. Life. I, yeah. We should eat the things that produce life in us. Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of a characteristic. And you could you could even look at yourself and say, well, am I at peace? Now, that's kind of can be kind of hard because a lot of times maybe yeah. you'll say, well, I'm really not. Yeah. But then you can say, well, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. Where's life? Because your life brings me to peace. Mm. Your life, mm-hmm. I'm not characterized by how am I performing? Yeah. How am I measuring up against my brother? Yeah. When you work with men, think about the competition that has crept into the Christian family mm-hmm. for the top spot mm-hmm. to be the man. To, yeah. You know, and, and that just leads us into this posing and posturing. And but yeah. this is a life, this life that was in the tree of life, which you clearly read God had to close the way to that tree. Yeah. Because he didn't want man, once man had fallen, he didn't want man living forever fallen. What a disaster that would have been. Well, okay, you bring up a good point about this idea of posturing for position in the body of Christ. And Mm -hmm. somehow this idea of hierarchy has crept in. Uh, But really, which one of us, Lance, has more life? Yeah, well. I'm I'm asking you, who's, uh, really, do they have more of Christ than me? No. Really? So we're all in this together? We're in this together because why? This life is a person. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus says we can real life is to know the Father and to know his Son. We have a life-giving spirit. You know, so this life is a person. That person is Christ because when God closed the way to the tree of life, Mm -hmm. when did it reopen? Did Uh, God ever reopen that way? Yes, he did, actually. I think he did on the cross, you know. Oh, absolutely, yes. That life became available to us. Yeah. And look at Jesus Christ. What's one of the first things that the apostle, that that John says about him in the Gospel of John? One of his defining characteristics, one of the first things we find out about him. In him was life. life. Mm -hmm. What life? The life that was in the tree of life. Mm -hmm. So God reopens the door and as you're right what was the cross all about well i think i think the cross was all about him uh dying so that this seed could fall into the ground so it could bear much fruit uh and that that was his mission was to get that seed in you 
And that was the price he was willing to pay. So I figured, hey, if he's willing to pay that price, then he wants me to live this life. You know, he doesn't want me to put this thing on the shelf, which I so easily want to do. But I just want to come back to you for a minute, this idea that... You know, we are, there are no super saints in the body of Christ. We've all been given this life. And I think maybe it's the fall that we've decided that we want some hierarchy or we want somebody up there telling us what to do. Now, I'm all for good teaching. I think it's absolutely essential in the body of Christ. However, um, you're the one who will ultimately know the direction of your own life because of this life that's in you. And what we really love is, is when we see a group of people all working together. Uh, there's a great movie out called Act of Valor. And if you watch the opening clip to it, um, the, the, the captain says to his men, we're all in this together. Yeah. Uh, and I think once we see that, that we are God's masterpiece, you know, that I on my own can't do it. But when we all come together, there's this beautiful mosaic of, of how to work together and uh, just kind of breaking down that uh, I, idea, yeah. at least that you're just as valuable and important in the kingdom of God as anybody else. Right. And of course, we see that imagery even in the, the idea of the loaf. We are we are a loaf that Jesus was the bread of life, and you know when we take the Lord's Supper, for example, you've got you've got the wine, which is the blood cleansing yeah. us, mm-hmm. and then you've got the loaf, which is the seeds mm-hmm. that have been broken and crushed and baked together. Yeah, and Jesus said, "Take this loaf. This is my body." Mm-hmm. So even in the in this most precious. A meal that we have, you've got the blood for the cleansing, and then you've got the loaf for the life. Yeah. And Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And he, you know, that imagery of him breaking that loaf, uh, to me, in my mind, it's always a small loaf, mm. Mm. just enough for everybody in the room. Yeah. And he, and it's everybody gets a piece. Yeah. And they all know somehow they didn't really get it then. And, you know, it's hard for us to get it too, but we're a piece of that loaf. Yeah. We have a piece. We have that life in us, and that life matches the life that's in you. You know what's interesting? I just got a chance to spend uh, four days in a cabin, log cabin, uh, in the mountains of Colorado with 18 guys. Mm -hmm. And there was just something that happened when we were in that room. Uh, All of a sudden, there was clarity. uh, There was uh, understanding. uh, My life sort of began to make sense. And I realized that it was because those men brought their life into the room with mine. Mm-hmm. And their, their burning embers with my burning embers, all of a sudden there was a flame that became lit. Yeah. And I realized that I'm just part of this thing. And I need to hear their stories and yeah. their struggles. And uh, I, w- I need to laugh with them I, I, and cry with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really what was going on and what I was experiencing um, in the elevation of that experience was Christ himself yeah. by them bringing their life together and right. seeing that loaf uh, actually materialized in front of my eyes. But one of the cool things about that weekend was everyone had a voice in there. It was all about us all sharing our lives together and how valuable that is in our experience. It's it's tremendous. Yeah. Really it is. And and unfortunately, generally as Christians, we don't get much opportunity to do that. Right. You know, there are a few who lead, there are a few who share, but where do you get the life of the loaf? 
that's a real blessing mm-hmm. when you can, you know. So the idea that we're we're different or one is higher than another. Um, I mean, look at the kind of people the Lord attracted to Himself. Yeah, He wasn't. You know, He went yeah. to Nicodemus, who was yeah. a rich Pharisee, but then you got the woman at the well. Yeah, you know. Yeah, who, whose whole message to her was about life. Yeah, there's a, a life. There's a river that's going to well up. Mm. There's a life that's going to be in you if you drink this water that I give you. What kind of water? The water of life. So. You know, just on this subject of the loaf, uh, coming back to that, because really that's where so much life is found, is when we get together. Mm -hmm. Then the lie is so often with so many of us is is that I don't belong. Mm -hmm. I I, I just, I don't don't fit in. I don't belong here. Uh, If they really knew my life, they would reject me. Uh, these are the things that kind of come against us right. from really experience the fullness right. that we were designed because he really did fit us together. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how the enemy so often will come against us to give us this message. And you really have to push through that and remind each other of our value uh, yeah. to each other. You know, I, I wonder if we spent more time just loving each other and looking at yeah. each other. OK, so this guy that uh, my wound in life is that I'm, I'm an idiot. I always grew up thinking I was an idiot. And so when I went over this lie with this guy and he, and he says, I'm ugly. Well, for the rest of the weekend, I would look at him and say, you know, you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he would look at me and go, well, you're brilliant, you know? And I'm thinking, you know, there's the church, you know, we're encouraging one another, you know, we're speaking through these lies and going, man, you have tremendous value in my life. And you, if you honestly really get to know a person, uh, it's, it's amazing. You said something really interesting. A person will say something happy, but inside they're feeling very rejected and you have to get together with a group of guys to find out you got a common enemy and we are all feeling that way you know this is not anything new under the sun and so it's bringing this stuff together and working through it together i think is a beautiful way to to experience this life yeah let me tell you a story about somebody that we both have met and uh i hope in the telling of the story i'm not going to elevate this person so please don't hear it that way but you know, I'm thinking about this Samaritan woman who was offered life by Jesus, who had nothing, you know, and all these husbands and everything else. And if you follow the story of her, and you can follow this in the book, by the way, Exploring the Divine, um, what happens through her life, through her bigger circle, and then in Samaria, and later on with Paul going mm-hmm. through Samaria, I mean, it's an amazing story of how one little seed following you know who got a hold of this life and and the ripple effect that it had now we don't always get to see the ripple effect so please don't hear this story as me elevating this this person but um i I have a friend who who lives in india and um loved children and she just started collecting some children she's not i mean she's in some ways just a very average indian person uh she was married to an indian pastor who who left her and married another one. Now in India, that would be a huge stigma mm. for this woman. I mean, the Indian and the women, India, women in Indian culture mm. are demeaned to begin with. And then to, you know, have had your husband leave you, that's doubly mm. stigmatizing. And yet this lady had a heart for kids and she just started collecting a few kids and, Pretty soon, uh, through a mutual friend we had, she decided maybe she could come to America and uh, 
maybe get some help here. And so she got my phone number somewhere, and she called me and said, should I come to America? Can I come? I said, no, you can't come. Everybody comes here thinking they're going to get money. It's not going to happen for you. Mm. Well, as you know, Jeff, she came anyway. <laughs> she came to my house, to right house. to my dining room table, and you were sitting there with me, right? You she know? called us from the airport. I'm, I'm here. Can I come? <laughs> I said, no, you can't come. <laughs> but she came anyway. And uh, she, had, she didn't have anything. She didn't have any money. She knew one person. And, but here's a woman in whom the seed of life got placed. Mm-hmm. Um, and through her persistence, uh, you know, she's, she's now, she now has an orphanage, which we visited in India earlier this year. And uh, over 100 kids there have mm-hmm. been rescued, untouchable Unbelievable. kids have been rescued. Oh, wow. But, you know, it took that woman seven years because when we got to India she said I need to tell you about something and um, we got together in our hotel room and she said I have to tell you that my husband left me years ago and I just have to tell you that and she was worried that if we found out that truth so called Mm -hmm. about her that we would somehow reject her Yeah, but she knew we were going to be there and we were going to see things on it and so she she told us, and we just said, we love you, mm-hmm. we respect you, we admire you, what you're doing is incredible. I mean, so I just bring that in as sort of a story, both of the seed of life yeah. and this idea of having a wound, and yet, you know, we were able to validate her, and um, you can find out more about her, by the way, on our website, Hope Builders. She's a great lady, and I tell a story for this reason, because it strikes me as a perfect example of a real of yeah. real-time growth of the, both the seed of life and this idea that we need one another. Yeah. We're in this together. And who does God pick? Yeah. He picks those who, with a heart who will have a heart you know, to respond. Go ahead. I, I would love to jump in on this yeah. and tell you what I heard as you were telling that story. And as we're talking about this life uh, that's in us, and this life is something in us that we're absolutely compelled to do. Uh, she couldn't help herself. Right. She had this desire that in the face of closed doors, yeah. you know, do not come. Yeah. She could not help but continue in this venture, even though and often I think in order to get this ministry going for, for kids and an orphanage, she had to push through the shame of divorce. Yeah, uh, and and and, and that is with that is not just yeah. her battle. That's every one of us. You know, there the enemy wants to come in with a wound and disqualify you. And in order to really live this life, you have to push through this thing. And that's what I think how we really understand this life in us. It's our deepest desires that God has put in your life. Mm. And the good news is that what you're supposed to do next mm. is actually what you want to do the most. Mm. He's not going to put a list of don'ts. He knows that that's not going to necessarily bring life. Now, there's some good don'ts in there yeah. uh, because some of those things on the don't list will kill life. So right. I'm, not dis- I'm not discarding that. Exactly but there's right. a good seed in there, yeah. and it's compelling you to do something. Yeah. And all the world and the enemy and the flesh are going to come and try to shut that down. Yeah. And it's the courage that this woman took to push through those closed doors and 
here's, here it is. Here's the thing behind life. It's not only for you. It's so that others will come around, come to life around you. Yeah. And here's this woman with a hundred kids sitting around her. And she's a, she's a wonderful example. Lance. Yeah. You know, the whole idea of, um, the do's and the don'ts and the good, the good don'ts and the good do's, you know, the, the beautiful thing about this life that we have is that even death can serve us in a practical way. Yeah. You know, the, again, this verse that it says in Romans, the mind set on the spirit, and we're going to do a whole podcast or two on the spirit, so we're going we're gonna to get there later uh, because that's a pretty confusing word in the Christian vocabulary. But suffice it to say for now, we as believers, we have a spirit. The, the Lord lives in us, in our spirit. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are his children. So you take this mind of yours and you set it somewhere in, in, in your belly, in your rib cage, where Christ is. And you seek to know him because how does it get practical? You know, we, mm-hmm. it doesn't get practical. It doesn't matter. But I love this verse. It says the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. So if you're experiencing death, I mean, the Lord is so good at leading you by his life in you. You know, but sometimes we just have this sense of turmoil inside. Yeah. This sense of of unrest, of darkness. Mm-hmm. And, if, and, if, and if that sense is in there, that's, that's our friend. Mm-hmm. That's telling us something. It's not telling us to try harder. Read the Bible more, go on a fast, mm. you know, tithe more. That's yeah. not what it's telling us to try to do more to overcome that sense. What it's telling us is, what Jesus is telling us is, come to me. Yeah, turn to me. Mm. I'm I'm the life mm. that you need. Mm. I'm I'm the one that you need. Yeah. Now I've heard you and I have talked about this idea of the life being a seed that he's the seed of life, that mm-hmm. this takes time. Believe me, I've been a Christian for over 40 years, and there is so much space in my life for growth. Thank you for saying that, Lance. Yeah. We were all thinking that, and yeah. we just want to make sure you know that too. And... Yes. <laughs> well, you, the, the beautiful thing about where there's darkness, where there's death, okay, or furthermore, where there's mystery in our life yeah. is really an invitation uh, to go into that because this is what God does. Uh, you know, yeah. he invites us into the mystery of our life. I look forward to the next uh, podcast where we get to talk about mystery. Mm-hmm. Well, we're at, we're at about the 30 minute mark and we promise to keep these around 30 minutes. Let me just close by um, referring to something Jeff talked about earlier. And that was the cross and that the Lord went to the cross to give us life because at the end of this chapter uh, you're going to find a section on the purpose of the cross but I I do just want to read this these verses from John 17 Um, Jesus lifted his eyes said father the hour has come glorify your son that the son may glorify you even as you gave him authority over all mankind now this is Jesus about to go to the cross this is his final prayer I mean that he the rubber is hitting the road you know, you and I have been on the floor weeping, crying for things together. I'll never forget, this is a whole other story, but when my son was lost mm-hmm. in Nepal and me on the floor weeping and you're praying over me, um, I, that was a crucial moment for me. And I was asking God, and 
for the best he could give. Well, here's what Jesus is saying to the Father when he's about to go to the cross. Even as you gave him authority over all mankind to do what? That to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not life in heaven. That is mm-hmm. his own life that's about to go to the cross so it can be mm-hmm. dispensed and put into you and me. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So we can wrap this up by saying simply life is really knowing Jesus Christ. Right. The more you can hang around him, the better you're going to be. So closing thoughts, Jeff? I think I'm really looking forward to the next podcast where, where we get into to mystery, uh, into those unknown areas of our lives uh, where the, we lack clarity. Um, C.S. Lewis once said that why are dark places, holy places. And uh, we we look forward uh, next week to um, speaking to you about mystery. Uh, It's a lot of fun, and and I truly believe the greater part of our life is mystery. Uh, And I think mystery is really a great word for God himself. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for joining us. And uh, again, as Jeff said, we look forward to being with you again as we discuss the Ideas found in exploring the divine, finding God's heart in words of wonder. Thank you for listening to Hope Builders International. Discover ways that you can join us with building up the body of Christ by visiting our website at hope-builders.org.